<laughs> well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. It has returned. Marvel on Air Daily Podcast is officially back, and I can't be more excited. Guess what? It's it's a crazy time in the NFL. I'm going to be completely honest with you. It is officially the divisional round. And guess what? We got a lot, a lot of football to talk about, and I couldn't be more excited to do so. Before we get started, if you are listening, thank you. That's really cool. Um, obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, it's available everywhere that you listen. And if you're listening, then the video version is available on YouTube. Not that it really adds that much. So if you're listening, just stay there, leave a rating. I'd really appreciate that. Um, but otherwise, we're rolling, baby. We are rolling. The semester is underway, my final semester of classes. And uh, hoping we can grow this thing to where I can continue to do this outside of college with a full-time job um, where it actually makes sense for me to put a bunch of time into this because I really do work hard on this stuff. So um, with that being out of the way, um, obviously be looking out for the videos that are coming out this week. Pretty excited about those. But we got a little bit of football to talk about, okay? And that's why we're here. Um, for those of you who haven't listened or aren't really that aware of this channel, it's essentially just me, college student. Uh, I enjoy talking about sports, so that's really all this is. It's just me talking about sports. Pretty simple. Um, really, this is going to be a bit of like a news reaction type thing, and then I'm going to have you know intermittent guests. I can't guarantee we're going to have a guest every day or anything like that. But I, you know, I am reaching out actively to try to find a few people to come on. If you look out in the past, we've interviewed, you know, Caden Weijen, uh, receiver out of Iowa, Laura Cook, gymnast from Iowa State. Uh, so we've kind of got the rivalry going on there. And then I've also interviewed some media members, uh, media members for the Patriots, for the Colts, um, beat writers. If you know, if if you know what I'm talking about there, and so uh, we kind of cover all our bases. I do want to start touching on coaches a little bit more. Um, but they are very busy, so understandably, they're not really that interested in talking to a guy with a couple hundred subscribers. Totally get that. Um, so if you enjoy the content, sharing this stuff really is like really, really huge for me. But I don't, I don't want to do any more of this self-plug stuff. I just want to talk football. So we finished the wild card round this weekend. Hell of a wild card round, I have to say. I was very, very pleasantly surprised with everything that went on. Obviously, it started on, I think it was Saturday, right? Yes, Saturday. Two games on Saturday. Browns-Texans, which I think was a very slept-on game. I personally was really uh, excited to see what happened there. And then Dolphins-Chiefs was the other one. The coldest game uh, probably of the year. It's like fourth coldest or third coldest in the history of the NFL, so... That definitely played a role, don't get me wrong, but Tyreek Hill was out there in short sleeves, and Jesus, I had to run down to Dollar General down the street, and uh, I didn't have gloves on, and I couldn't feel my hands by the time I got back, okay, so I have no idea how he had no shirt on, or no, no, no sleeves, short sleeve shirt, Andy Reid, frozen mustache, we'll get, in, we'll get into that in a second, first off, let's start off with Browns, Texans, Texans win it 45-14, okay, that is, I don't think anybody saw that uh, big of a number coming, uh, CJ Stroud absolutely popped off Had like three touchdowns and like 250 yards or something like that. His first half was phenomenal. Uh, they kind of let off the gas a little bit in the second half because the Browns just couldn't keep up. It started off a really close game. I think it was like 14, 17 at one point. And then next thing you know, uh, Texans just run away, run away with it. Uh, Browns defense was essentially failing them, which was one of their strong suits all year. And that's why I personally thought the Browns could win it. I think, you know, 
at the time I was like, oh, the Texans are they're they're pretty good. They're they're really pretty good. Um, but I don't think they can they can compete with the the Browns defense. Okay, and then that's the exact thing that didn't happen, right? The, the Browns defense just didn't show up, and that's exactly kind of what we saw through a lot of these teams, right? Cowboys, uh, Eagles. Steelers didn't have TJ Watt, so I won't, I won't really discredit them there. Um, but the Dolphins' defense was a problem all year, so that one wasn't too surprising. But obviously, we'll get into those games in a second. But that was kind of the reoccurring theme. These great teams, um, their strong suit, their defense didn't show up. So, not that the Eagles really had a strong suit on defense, but I digress. I'm really excited to see what the Texans can do moving forward. That was a super, super fun game to watch, and I was pleasantly surprised. I am officially a casual. I have been called it on my channel because I don't know uh, who some Giants rookie wide receiver is. Wandale, I think, Johnson, something like that. I totally forgot who it was. Totally biffed on the um, Weddle that day and uh, got called a casual, so I now own it. Um I did not know Nico Collins was back. So when he came in and was just lighting it up, sue me. I hadn't been watching like week 18 or week 17 or whatever. Whatever he came back, I was like, oh, dang. Oh, the Texans are actually with Nico. Okay, we got a chance here because I know I think Tank was the one that had the season ending. I think it was like an ankle fracture. Um, so that was exciting for me to see Nico come back and CJ just absolutely balled out. It was a lot of fun. CJ Stroud and Jordan Love, both in their first playoff games, looked absolutely unbelievable that was a lot a lot a lot of fun um so obviously Browns are out um Kevin Stefanski is getting a lot of the heat right now and I think that's really interesting because look at what he brought that team back from I mean how many quarterbacks did they play this year six I think and they still made it into the wild card round if that defense shows up I mean sure Joe Flacco threw back-to-back -back pick sixes so it's not like their offense was firing on all cylinders but they you know they could have made a run things if things go their way, which is exactly what I said in my tier list video a few weeks back. I said, oh, you know, the, the Browns need to get lucky, but they can make a run here. I don't understand why Kevin Stefanski is under so much fire. Um, we'll cover head coaches later in this podcast. That's my agenda for today. Wild card round and head coaches. We still have three more podcasts this week. I'll be doing these every single day. So plenty of time to cover that kind of stuff. But um. Yeah, I'm not really sure why Kevin Stefanski is under so much fire. I don't think he deserves it. I think he's, you know, really, really good head coach and probably what the Browns need. Uh, the Browns, you know, they're coming from, you know, what they what their their past was with just 0-16, 1-15 type seasons. I think this is a good change of pace. But, hey, you know what? Every GM thinks the grass is greener. So Or every owner thinks the grass is greener. So who knows? Maybe he is out. I don't think he should be, but that's just me. I'm just a kid. I don't know anything. Um, let's get into Dolphins Chiefs. This one was a little bit interesting. Um, obviously Chiefs come away with it 26 to seven. So they're going to be moving on. They will be away next week, which is really interesting. I'll get in, get into that as soon as I get through these games, but they look pretty dominant. They really did. The Dolphins weren't able to get a whole lot going. Um, everybody I'm sure has seen the video of Tyree kill getting jammed on the line. Um, I can't say this was super surprising, honestly, because there were so many injuries on the Dolphins side. Uh, I, like I said, you know, it's not, it's not that the chiefs and I think were so, so much better because they had a lot of weaknesses too, right? They've got wide receiver things going on. They had a lot of drops in this game, which I was think, you know, when I was watching, I was thinking, you know, this might keep the dolphins in it. You know, we might be in a position here where we can, you know, dolphins being weak, we can strike and, uh, get this pretty close. And then, you know, 
if the Chiefs don't run away with it, you know, the whole atmosphere of the game, just every play call changes, and it does maybe, you know, work out a different way, but they were never able to get that strike, and the Chiefs were able to get away with that. So, other than that, though, the defense looked really, really good for the Chiefs, and um, as much as I hate to say it, we need to be looking at them making another run. They do still have to go through. The teams that are left are Texans, Ravens, Bills. So three really good teams. I think the Texans are probably probably the least, I guess, not deserving, but like alarming team, I think, to to the naked eye. Obviously, the Ravens have Lamar. They've looked really good. And the Bills, Josh Allen, the Chiefs, uh, Patrick Mahomes, like the quarterback tiers. I think putting C.J. Stroud at the bottom of that is not super unheard of. Okay, as much as I love C.J. Stroud, Putting him above Patrick, Josh Allen, or Lamar Jackson feels like a bit of a stretch to me. So the Chiefs, you know, still have a tough road, but they are a really, really good team, and they showed that against the Dolphins. I am curious what would have happened had the Dolphins won in Week 18. They get to play at home. They would play the Bills again, but they get to play in, I think it was like 69 degrees that day, and maybe that changes things. Maybe it doesn't. I have no idea. That's not what happened. But regardless, Dolphins season is over. And um, a lot of people, you know, questioning the what did we do with the coach situation? I don't know how many years Tyreek Hill has left. I think he said he wanted to play at least one more year. I would really love to see him go for that 2,000-yard mark again. I think he finished with, like, 1799, so about 200 yards off, and he had some injuries, you know, later in the year. That offense just wasn't quite firing on the same level that it was earlier in the year. Um, and I think he, he could get there. Uh, we'll see exactly what happens. But a lot of people – putting McDaniels under the microscope here and you know I you know I kind of am as well I definitely question a few things there I'm not exactly sure it feels like they always have good teams but they can't get over the hump you know what I mean like they have a remember when they beat the the Broncos 70 to 20 like everyone's like oh my god they're gonna win the Super Bowl like there's no way you know the at the time it was like oh because it was really early in the season Broncos had a good defense last year it was like oh the Broncos might still have good defense these guys hung 70 on them like I know you can run away with the game, but Jesus, the Dolphins are the real deal. And then things just didn't go that way. So um, looking into the future, I'll be interested to see what the Dolphins can do. But I think we need to be looking at the Chiefs here. Clearly, that's a stupid thing to say. Okay, I know that. I know that's a stupid thing to say because they're the ones that moved on victorious. But all I'm trying to say is we think we need to give the Chiefs a little bit more credit. Or at least I do. You know, I was low on the Chiefs. Um then on Sunday, we had Packers-Cowboys, and this was the only game in which the home team did not win. Interesting, considering the Cowboys were so good at home this year. Packers win it 30, uh, excuse me, 48-32, um, and it was 48-24 before a late touchdown two-point conversion. I have to say, when I <laughs> was watching the game, Cowboys score, get the two-point conversion, and I think that was to make it 24-48 because I tweeted out. I said, oh, the Cowboys convert on an electric two-point conversion play to bring it within 24, reminiscent of that um, CP3 tweet. You know, hits a deep three to bring it within 30. Um, and then, you know, I was kind of joking around, like, it's whatever. Packers are running away with this. Then Packers go three and out. Cowboys take it down, score, two-point conversion. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. If the script writers have the Cowboys – Scoring four back-to-back touchdown two-point conversions to take this to overtime and somehow pull it out. I'm going to lose my mind. And luckily, the Packers held them off. Um, Not that I don't love the Cowboys and I didn't want to see them move on. It's not that. It's just that that would have been absolute chaos. Um, And I don't even know. 
that would have been absolute insanity. Can you imagine? Like, oh my god, I'm, I'm. It would have been really cool, but I'm definitely glad that that did not happen. So, Jordan Love looked absolutely unbelievable. I don't have his stats up right in front of me, but it doesn't really matter when he's passing the eye test with flying, flying colors. He looks absolutely unbelievable, and it pisses me off because Packers go from Favre to Rodgers to Love, and they what are they gonna have 45, 50 years of just unbelievable quarterback play? I can't take it. I don't know how this is possible, but the Packers are probably going to be in the conversation for the next 10 years, 12 years, whatever it is. Um, you know, obviously a lot of things moving in that, you know, head coach, his weapons, but they're a really young team. Okay. Uh, I have quit Christian Watson on my ultimate team. If you guys tune in in my streams, you know, shout out to your local trucker um, who told me to pick Christian Watson. He's been an absolute dog for me recently. So I've been using him a lot and he's, I mean, he's bright light in this team you know the defense looks pretty good for the Packers um they they held the Cowboys pretty you know the score shows 32 but it wasn't really 32 um but that was the thing for the Cowboys was their defense just wasn't there obviously their offense made mistakes but you let the Packers hang 48 let's say you know 36 what would that be no 30 42 I guess with the no 41 I'm really not good at math. There's a reason I'm a kinesiology major, but um, that's still a lot of points, okay? We can't be having that. So Cowboys have a lot of questions moving forward. Do they stick with Mike McCarthy? We'll get into, like I said, coach talk, but um, is Dak the guy? Uh, obviously, I think you need to keep C.D. Lamb. I think he had a hell of a year, um, and a lot of questions around that organization uh, because there has been so many wild card exits, I think, since, like, 2000 the Jets have more playoff wins than them and the Jets haven't made the playoffs since like 2010 or something like that it's just like Jesus how are they that bad in the playoffs it's actually comical I joke about it all the time but it happens every single year so it's entirely true I don't understand how that's possible um Cowboys fans you guys got to be going through it I can't imagine a team that would it's got I I can't there's got to be I don't know if there's a worse situation to root for a team that never wins, obviously, like the Panthers this year. That's not a fun experience. You don't, you don't get to experience any highs at all. But the Packers defeating the Cowboys in the wild card round of the playoffs at home after the Cowboys had had the great year that they did. Gotta hurt. Gotta hurt, man. That's that's about as hurtful as it gets. So, I, I you know, I do feel bad for you guys. You know, I, my condolences. But also, you're the Cowboys. You're kind of like the secret villain somehow of the NFL. And there's always going to be that. So, Packers move on. First seven seed to win ever since the seven seed has become a thing. Um, you know, it's just the argument for, you know, people always say, well, why are we expanding the playoffs? You know, whether it be the CFP or when the NFL expanded to the seven team on each side, 14 team total. Um, March Madness, you know, it's a huge bracket. And you see every year... There's upsets every single year. I think it's like the last 10 years, a 15 seed has beat a two seed or something like that. Like there's always going to be one team that makes an upset somewhere. And maybe the Packers don't move forward, but this is why the bracket is the way it is. Okay. And that's why I love these, you know, I don't want the NFL bracket to be 22, 24 teams, whatever it would be, but <laughs> 14 teams, the Packers sneak in and then they beat the Cowboys who I actually thought they would make a really good run. They looked really, really good. And with the two seed being at home, I was like, oh, they're going to be fine. They're on the road. A lot of question marks. They're at home. They can definitely do this. They get on a run, then they go on the road. 
Uh, with this momentum, they can win that. Then they're in the Super Bowl, and both teams are on the road. Then there's a lot of question marks. But Packers come in and destroy them. So that was a lot of fun um, just for parody, you know, just for new things com- coming up and for Jordan Love to be that guy. Uh, it's frustrating for, you know, the, the Patriots were incapable of finding that guy after Tom, and the Packers have done it twice. But it is what it is. Um, speaking of, you know, finding that guy, though, Rams-Lions was a hell of a game. It really was. It was really fun. Um, Lions ended up winning at home for the first time in like 32 years, 24-23 over the Rams in Matthew Stafford's first game back in Detroit. So, great game. Questionable ref calls as per the norm in the NFL. I swear every single game there is a horribly missed call. You know, I can point to any single one of these games and bring out at least one, except maybe the Browns-Texans because they ran away. I am so sorry. Because they ran away with it so early, um, I just don't think that, you know, one missed call would have, like, really affected that game. But I'm sure there was missed calls here and there. But obviously the one in the Rams-Lions was the missed DPI. Um, I think it was on Puka. And, yeah, that's going to play a role in this game. But then, also, to be fair, like, the Lions brought the Rams offsides and got called for false start. So it's like it kind of went both ways because, yes, a false start is a minor penalty, but that would have been to keep their drive going, um, and it would have definitely changed the outcome of that game. So that was just kind of a poorly officiated game all the way around, but huge for the Lions, huge to win, you know, home playoff game. They'll be home again against the Bucks next week, and I'll get it on the Bucks in a second, but just a lot of energy in this building. And, you know, I personally, I wanted to just say I feel bad for Jamal Williams, okay? Kid had an unbelievable year last year. I want to say it's Jamal. I, I don't want to get his name wrong, but I always get it wrong. Um, he had 17 touchdowns last year, goes down to the Saints this year, um, and gets his la- his sole touchdown on the last play of the season. You know, And I just feel bad for him to leave that situation, and I don't know exactly what all happened behind the scenes there. I'm sure he didn't want to leave, but he ends up in the Saints' um, you know, organization, and they just it's the saints, you know what I mean? So that was unfortunate. Um, but I am, you know, very excited for what the lions can do. And if they can win, um, at home against the bucks and move into this championship weekend, like this is what we thought the lions were going to be at the beginning of the year. Then a lot of question marks came up and I was definitely kind of on my, you know, uh, they really gonna, you know, I'm a little nervous. Uh, no, they're, they're quieting it down. Amon Ra, still an absolute dog. Okay, there's a reason that he was like a huge target um, for trades in the fantasy realm. Absolute weapon. Jared Goff looked really good. Um, Laporta came back, caught a touchdown. So this Lions team, I think, is really pretty scary. Um, Dan Campbell being what he is, I'm, you know, I'm a huge fan of Dan Campbell. So that's a lot of, you know, I like that personally. I think he's a really good guy. And uh, I just love to see this team succeed. I know a lot of people... Um, well, you know, okay. I say every NFL, every NFL fan has teams that they don't like. It's just a factor of the NFL. It's going to happen. But me not having any tie to the lions and watching them be so bad for so many years now to be, you know, making a push for they're in the divisional round, making a push for the championship, making the NFC championship. And then, you know, after that, whatever happens on the other side to face a great opponent and make it into the Super Bowl would just be just it's a storybook, okay? And I think this secures Dan Campbell's, you know, run in D- 
Detroit for maybe another two, three years, which I love. I love seeing Dan Campbell being a head coach. And I think he does a really, really good job for the Lions. You know, I don't know if I would love him anywhere else. So that being all said, it's amazing what the Rams did. It really is. Uh, just a moment of silence for them. Felt like a weird place to put that, but it still happened. Um, they turned the season around. Like they, I thought, you know, I think they had four or five wins last year and they ended up, I think 10 wins and second place in the NFC West. I slept on them all year. You guys kept reminding me, Hey, the Rams do not stink. Do not put them in this need a miracle category to win the Super Bowl. Um, and I think you were right. Same thing with the Cowboys. You know, um, they just happened to come up on a good team in the Lions, and they had to play on the road and things just didn't exactly go their way, which is how sometimes it goes. Sometimes you really need the ball to bounce your way a few times. So Lions end up coming away with that one. And uh, that moves us into Monday where Steelers bills was pushed back due to the weather conditions in Buffalo. And <laughs> there were some funny videos that came out of that, um, you know, with the Steelers fans looking for their seats and everything. And personally, uh, Steelers fans going to that game, mind blowing to me because without a TJ Watt, I just didn't think there was more than a 5% chance that they ended up winning that game. And, uh, Hey, shout out to the Steelers fans, true fans to go all the way over there and treacher through the snow. And I think there was a travel ban actually at the time as well. Um, you know, whether the, the bills, uh, tailgating scene, get in there, plow the snow with your feet, sit down on some snow and watch the Steelers get absolutely plowed pun intended. The Bills ran away with this one early. It never really felt like the Steelers were really in it. They kind of got it close towards the end, but it was effectively effectively over at that point anyway. So overall, Bills end up winning 31-17. They looked really good. Um, I'm excited to see what will happen in the divisional round, which I'll cover quickly. Um, but the Steelers season now is over, and there's a lot of questions with, you know, obviously their quarterback. Um, because they had Mason Rudolph this year, and, like, Kenny Pickett, is he the guy next year? Well, like, okay, so they didn't use Mason Rudolph all year. That sounds a little bit misleading, but he was the guy at the end of the year due to injury. And uh, do they stick with Kenny Pickett? I assume so. Does Mike Tomlin come back? His contract is up. Um, I can't put it in the podcast, unfortunately, but there was a pretty funny moment at his presser after the game. They asked him, hey, are you, you know, uh, your contract expires this year, blah, blah, blah. Before they even got the question out, he left the podium. Did not want to answer it. Don't blame him. They just lost a, a divisional or a wild card game. Season's over. Why would I want to be answering questions about my contract? I'm processing the loss and, you know, I got to look forward to, you know, everything that happened this year. Look forward to next year a little bit before I can answer any questions on my contract if I'm going to be coaching this team or not because, I mean, he's been around a long time. Uh, 17 straight winning or non-losing seasons for him. And uh, never really, I don't know, just interesting to see what's going to happen there. Um, then the Bills obviously will be looking to next week. They're a team that I'm surprised they turned it around in the way they did. And getting that two seed will be huge because they'll play at home against the Chiefs. Um, before, I, before I touch on that, though, last game, Eagles-Bucks. One of the most surprising games, in my opinion, which is weird because it's also at the same time not surprising at all. Bucks end up winning 32-9. to Bucks really laid it on, uh, just kind of piled it on, and the Eagles looked bad. There was a, not a lot going on. Dallas Goddard, I believe it was Dallas Goddard, was yelling at Jalen Hurts late in the game on the sideline, and it just looked ugly. It really did not look good um, in, well, it wasn't in Philly, but like the Philly whole organization, just everything looked bad. They 
They were getting blitzed. I think they got blitzed more than they didn't the last few weeks, and they forced Jalen Hurts to make these throws while still keeping him in the pocket somehow, and just nothing was going. Obviously, A.J. Brown wasn't in this game, and it just showed how big of a role he has for them, right? Um, Devontae Smith was huge uh, in the way that he could be, not an actual size, obviously, but he, you know, caught that like, it was like 54 yarder deep ball. Um, you know, he's a weapon. He really is, but I don't know if he, you know, single-handedly can carry that offense in the way that he had to. Jason Kelsey, uh, retired immediately after the game. Um, De- uh, Deandre Swift will be on his like contract or whatever. He's a free agent now. Um, so there's a lot of things that are unsure about the Eagles moving forward. I personally, you know, this is surprising to me. It's um, how much people want Sirianni gone. Isn't that weird? To me, like, yes, they had an absolutely abysmal collapse this year. Sure, okay? The Eagles start out 10-1, and one, finish on a 1-6 and six skid. Um, then they, what would that be, 10-1, and 1-6? Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, so that includes the playoff game. Um, and things just did not look good. There, and I pointed it out in a video. I said, hey, this defense, we need to be looking at this. They are giving up a lot of points to, yes, good teams, but also the Giants? What are we doing? So that was a point of emphasis for me, and it ended up being their downfall. They literally let the Bucs hang 32 on their head. Not saying the Bucs are the worst team, but they came into the playoffs as the winner of the NFC South. I mean, they were they were the they had a worse record playing at home. You know what I mean? So I think the better team did win. Okay, I really do. And I'm excited to see if the Bucs can keep the Cinderella story going. I'm excited to see Baker get a playoff win. I think he's an underrated quarterback. Um, I think he's just been in weird situations and sure he's no like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers he's not one of the best quarterbacks in the league but I think he's a really good guy and I think he really cares and I think he's a great teammate you know we saw I didn't even realize how much he bounced around he had like eight head coaches in the last six years like how can you assume you're going to have great success with that much turnover so um you know I just I'm excited to see what the Bucks can do but there's a lot it's just the panic button that's what it is we've hit it the panic button is going off in Philly um, and really all of Philly sports in, in general. If you're a Philly fan, you know this. You guys have been through a lot in the last 16 months. But um, I'm excited to, to dive into the Eagles situation. If Sirianni's gone, why? But I guess if he is, then who comes in? So um, does Jalen Hurts, you know, he's a great quarterback, but he's got a lot of downfalls, a lot of downfalls. And it wasn't him that lost that game, but it wasn't him that won it either, if that makes sense. With all of the wildcard games having been covered now, I can touch on the divisional round. I'm not going to go in-depth on any of these games yet, but we will have Texans at Ravens, 4v1, and Chiefs at Bills, 3v2. Um, on the NFC side, we'll have 7-1, Packers 49ers in Levi Stadium, and then Bucks at Lions, 4v3 in, um, was that Ford Field? I guess it's Ford Field, but in Detroit. Um, this is exciting. You know, there's a couple games, obviously Chiefs Bills is the, the standout headli- headliner here. I was just pulling it up. The Chiefs Bills like rivalry, if you will, uh, hasn't been played in Buffalo since like 2020. This is per stat muse. If this is incorrect or if I'm reading it wrong, I'm just stupid. <laughs> but overall, I mean, looking at these last few games, Bills won it 2017 in Arrowhead. Then Bills won it 24-20 in Arrowhead. Um, I don't even know if this includes postseason. StatMuse has gotten weird since they have that pro plan, so I'm not entirely sure if those are even correct stats. But regardless, 
it feels like every year they play in Arrowhead, and now they're going to be up in Buffalo, which is going to be huge for game planning, the way the crowd reacts to certain things, momentum, who's loud when, obviously, like, play calling, communication is going to be a lot easier for the Bills than it has been in the past. The Arrowhead is one of the loudest places we can play. I think it's like Arrowhead, um, the Seahawks Stadium, and then maybe the Superdome when they get really loud. I don't know what the third best team would be because it feels like those two are so far ahead of everybody. And not having that environment will be, I think, a Bills advantage for sure. It won't be so much the weather because obviously the Chiefs played in a very, very cold game this last week as well. We're not joking around about the weather. Kansas City, is, I mean, Ames is going through it too, like I'm saying. So I know how cold it is, and I'm not saying that Buffalo is going to have an advantage in that aspect, but I do think that their fans you know, could alter that game. And I'll see... You know, I'll dive into some of that stuff more for tomorrow and Thursday and Friday's episodes. But that one I've got my eye on. Texans-Ravens is my upset watch of the week. Packers-49ers is as well. Uh, I guess I can't, I can't pick every game to be an upset watch. But I do think the Lions will beat the Bucks, and I do think the Bills will beat the Chiefs. Between the two one seeds, I'm not sure who will lose. It, I will say this. I do think it will be one of them. I do think it will be one. Um, they both took a week off. So yes, they're getting a little bit more healthy, but they're also not playing hot Texans and Packers are on absolute fire right now. They've got everything rolling. That whole train's rolling. There's no grease or, uh, like stuck wheels or anything. Everything is greased up flying around. Um, and I think, you know, both of them being effectively rookie quarterbacks, um, Jordan Love is in his first year. So not really a rookie, but, um, playing lights out playing so good right now. So I do think that one of these teams, will win. If I had to pick one, I would say it's probably going to be the Texans, just because I think the 49ers defense is a little bit better, but we've seen them be exploited too. Okay, So it could it could be either, um, but I don't think we'll see Ravens, Bills, 49ers, Lions, the top four, or the four top seeds, I guess. They're not the top four seeds, but the four top seeds move forward. I think that'll be really exciting. Um, we're going to take a quick break. I'll be back. I'm just going to drink some water because it's been you know 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever, and uh, we'll be back to talk about the head coaching going on in the NFL. Things are looking interesting. <clears throat> During this quick break while Nick goes to get some of his water, I would just like to bring up, not today's sponsor, but someone who has been an affiliate of this channel since, well, for way too long, since we had about 105 subscribers, uh, SeatGeek. Though the NFL season is coming to a close, if you do go out, which I think you should, and go watch more live sports, more live concerts, maybe a comedy show here and there, SeatGeek is a great, great place to get great ticket prices. And one of my favorite features is that you can see what the seat looks like in the app before you purchase it. All of their fees are shown, so you are never uh, uh, confronted, uh, excuse me, with these crazy fees at checkout. I do love SeatGeek. I've used it myself, and I've seen great, great success from it. Use code MARVONAIR to, when you sign up to get $20 off your first purchase of a ticket. Thank you for supporting the channel and enjoy your event. So, head coaching in the NFL. Things are getting crazy. Okay, so we do have quite a few vacancies and quite a few potential candidates. Obviously, some from those vacancies because there has been a lot of big names that could be on the move this year. As well as, you know, just some open spots that... Maybe we bring in a new face and things look interesting. You know, it's just the head coaching situation in the NFL is always very, very interesting to me. So obviously the first things first, uh, as a Patriots fan, that whole situation was bonkers. Bill Belichick gone after 24 seasons um, as the big guy in New England. And that's really too bad. It really is. 
But I'm excited for a new regime under Jared, Gerard Mayo. Excuse me, Gerard Mayo, one of my favorite linebackers um, when I used to play Madden a lot more. Interesting that he's now the head coach. I'm so excited to see what he will do, what he'll sound like in press conferences, what is the atmosphere he's going to build, what's the culture going to look like in New England moving forward. I think a lot of fans are sad about, you know, the loss of Bill Belichick and um, just all, you know, I think we're all tied into that six rings that he brought the Patriots. But man, I just, it's not, it's not, and I think I would probably be thinking differently if we were winning a lot and then he just retired because he's so old. But it's not because we were losing. I'm just so excited for a breath of fresh air to come into this building and to, you know, maybe rejuvenate some of these players. I don't know what exactly is going to happen, but I just, you know, it's really, really cool to have Gerard Mayo running that show, and I'm just excited to see what he can do there. There's not a lot of questions other than, like, with the GM thing going on. Apparently, Robert Kraft said he might hire one after the uh, the draft, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But obviously, we're not going to get into the draft too heavy. I will be doing a mock draft at some point on the channel. Um, but other than that, like I'm not going to get in too deep on that yet because it's still a ways away and we have fo- actual live football to talk about. I'd rather talk about that than, um, than future, you know, in the offseason when we're making up stories, essentially. So um, with that being said, Patriots, it is what it is. I'm going to move on. We've got a Chargers vacancy. We've got a Titans vacancy. We've got a Seahawks vacancy and potentially a Cowboys vacancy. Not obviously confirmed yet, but definitely does not look good um, for Mike McCarthy down there. I would not be surprised if they end up moving on. What's interesting to me is that John Harbaugh did complete his visit with the Chargers, so he could be looking to make that move to the NFL. And to me, it makes complete sense. He's done everything he's basically able to do in Ann Arbor down there or up for here, up there in Michigan. And um, he, you know, won the championship, beat Ohio State, you know, I think he looks really, really good at this point in his career as well. So it's not like if they go back and then they have like three wins next year, um, he's got to, you know, fight back, kind of convince people, you know, of like what he was able to do before. He's he's at his high point right now, okay? And I've always been a proponent. Um, obviously, I get it better, more than anybody. When I'm playing Rocket League, if we win, we play again. We can't end it on a win. End on a win. Um, if we lose, we can't end it on a loss. So I get it. But I've always been a proponent of – retire or move on when you're at your highest this is when your image is at its best and so it would not surprise me if John Harbaugh leaves behind what is NIL and the transfer portal and all of that for an NFL team okay and obviously the NFL coaching has a lot of money in it okay so we know that so it wouldn't surprise me if he comes to the NFL the Chargers obviously are making the hardest push for him Um, but I would also like to see Bill Belichick there Okay, Bill Belichick comes in, doesn't have to develop a young quarterback, which obviously he's done before, but did not go well with Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi, really, for that matter. So he won't have to tackle that. He can just step in. Justin Herbert's the guy. They have a pretty solid roster. They're getting the five pick this year. Great situation for him to step into. On that Bill Belichick note, I won't, don't worry, I'm coming back to the Chargers, but he did complete an interview with the Falcons. What? So that to me was literally, that was my reaction. What? That, <laughs> that's a typo. That can't be right, right? Like what? Um, that is correct. And I was super, super confused until I ended up, I was watching the Pat McAfee show earlier today and Michael Lombardi kind of broke it down. And essentially what I gathered was that it it's a decent idea because they're playing in the South and in the NFC South, you know, further that, furthering that point. 
um, where there isn't a ton of roadblocks and it wouldn't be horrible, like horribly hard to win that division. Like it's very, very possible. And if they can just build a little bit of a roster around him, he can continue his legacy down there in Atlanta. I would find that to be extraordinarily weird, but it does kind of add up. It's definitely not the most crazy thing that I've ever, ever heard. It's definitely up there, but it's not impossible. So, um, just find that to be quite, quite interesting. I would keep an eye on that. Um, other landing spots for Bill would, you know, be like Chargers. Could he go to the Seahawks? Um, Atlanta. I think right now he's he's got his doors pretty wide open. But I think also, as open as they are, he has a very set um, list of demands. Okay, like he's probably going to want to have to say have a say in like some of the GM stuff going on, whether he picks the GM or he is the GM or whatever. Um, you know, things around the facility. Um, obviously he's going to have things that he's looking for in the team or things that the team's going to need to pick up on right away. You know, whether it is that veteran quarterback, maybe he steps into the Falcons and they immediately trade for a big name. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but effectively I think bill has all the power here. It's surprising to, you know, I don't see it. That's, that's it to me. I actually don't even think I can word that in another way. There's no way that he goes in somewhere and they are like, well, you're only bill Belichick. So we can only push. So, you know, we can only crunch so many numbers you know what I mean like we're just gonna have to if you can't come our way we're gonna have to leave you go it's Bill it's a Bill fucking Belichick I mean good god if you can get Bill on your team get Bill on your team coming from a Patriots fan now that being said we have to keep in mind he did go on that you know unbelievable extraordinary run okay I'm not saying that that didn't happen but he didn't look that great without Tom Brady either before or after so something to keep in mind as well I, as much as anyone, don't want him to taint his legacy. I really don't. I really hope he goes somewhere and wins freaking four Super Bowls in a row. Okay, I really do. But it's also something we have to keep in mind. Um, Vrabel, very interesting. Uh, when he got fired from the Titans, obviously a lot of people saw um, the busting with the boys, Taylor Lewan, uh, his reaction live, Derrick Henry, extremely surprised. Not that Derrick Henry was coming back, but uh, you know, players around the Titans were just like, what? One of the greatest head coaches uh, in today's league, really. And it's just like, I'm not sure why he was fired, but look at what he had to work with. You know, Will Levis and, and um, gosh, I'm blanking on the, the mobile quarterback. Um, Tannehill they had at one point. Uh, they still have him, but, like, didn't use him as much. It's Malik, right? Or Gosh, I know, I sound real stupid. But, it's, you know, effectively he was able to make nothing turn into something. And I think wherever he goes, he will have success, which is why I did effectively kind of come out and say we want him on the Patriots. But he, you know, I'm excited to see what Gerard Mayo has to say as well. I just think wherever he ends up going will be very successful. And I think that Seahawks would be a good place for him to go. Um, That upgrade from, not that Will Levis was bad, but going to Geno Smith, going to be a huge change. You know, that's a huge upgrade. So just that he's a veteran, right? Not, I'm not saying that Gino is a better quarterback or anything, but he's definitely been around the block a few more times than Will Levis has. Okay, he's put, probably put Mayo in his coffee less, but been around the block more. So which one do you actually put weight in? Um, and then Tomlin, obviously, could potentially be uh, exiting the Steelers, which is interesting, and I would almost, almost kind of want him to in the sense that his streak would be secured. 17 straight years with a non-losing season with the Steelers. That means he never had a losing season with uh, the team he coached. I think he's an unbelievable head coach. I remember he was in Ames um, last offseason meeting with some of the Iowa State guys 
Uh, and I was literally, I just saw that they had posted, posted like the video of him in the Jack Trice, like fa- training facility and all that. And I immediately was like, oh shit. Oh shit. He's in the same town as me. Shit. <laughs> like just him being within like 500 miles was like, oh my God, he's literally like kind of close. And I didn't even see him. Like that's just, that's the weight that I hold uh, or the regard that I hold Mike Tomlin in. I think he's an unbelievable guy. But he's, you know, maybe out. So I would be interested to see where he ends up going. And then the last thing I want to say, I guess, on the coaches, other than McCarthy potentially being gone, but that's a big if. I have no idea what's going to happen there. I do think that Bill Belichick will not go to the Cowboys, but that's just me. Um, Pete Carroll is, like, not a head coach, but somehow in with the the Seahawks in some capacity. I think he's gone. I think, you know, he's going to end up being a head coach somewhere else. Um, I will keep a tab on the head coach situation, you know, what teams are interviewing who and when and where. There's been a lot of teams that are still alive. Um, Their OC and DC is getting, you know, uh, interviews, different places. I know the Bengals, I think it was the Bengals, or I'll do more research on that. Um, If you guys want to kind of let me know what you're, you're thinking, tweet at me on Twitter, and I will read everything, you know, if you're interested in the head coach stuff or if you're not. Um, I totally get it. Maybe I just cover the big names like these because I need to be more pro, like, um, acquainted with these guys, but maybe you guys don't. Just, it's just not interesting. I totally get that. So um, reach out in some capacity if that's if that's something you want to hear. Um, but otherwise, I think it's I just think it's interesting that this year has been absolute chaos for the head coaches, in my opinion. There has been absolutely no like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, no, you didn't. You didn't do that good this year. But remember what you did the last three years. Yeah, we'll we'll let you. You know, try to turn things around uh, for one last year, or these next two years, or whatever. We realize you didn't have a lot of talent. No, it was like get the hell out of here, <laughs> get out. And I was just like, what? Bill Belichick, one of the most, I in my opinion, the greatest head coach of all time. But obviously, Andy Reid has a really good argument as well. Gone. Pete Carroll made a lot of questionable decisions. Namely, the one that gave my Patriots a Super Bowl win, um, but gone. Okay? Great head coach. Gone. Mike Rabel. My opinion, one of the most slept-on coaches. Gone. Okay, now obviously Arthur Smith, you know, leaving town, that one wasn't as surprising. Okay, there's there's going to be that kind of stuff going on. Brandon Staley, gone. Not that surprising. I think the Raiders, are, you, know, you know, that situation is one that we can touch on later. But, you know, Josh McDaniels being gone, not surprising. But some of these guys like Pete Carroll, Tomlin, potentially, um, Bill Belichick, Vrabel, what the hell? So regardless, that's all I have for you guys today. I will see you guys again tomorrow. And um, hey, let's have a hell of a week, okay? This is my first week of the semester, so I'm starting off with a brand new energy. I'm getting ready to roll. For you guys out there, attack this week. Let's have a hell of a week. Fight the cold if you have it around you. If you don't, be super thankful you don't because I hate going outside now. I don't even hate going to classes. I just hate going outside. So <laughs> appreciate whatever situation you're in. Um, we had our hot water cut off uh, here at the at the building for whatever reason, and it still isn't back. It's been like three days, but I've been forced to take cold showers every day. And so then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna embrace this. I'm gonna take it on, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take cold showers. So now in February I'm gonna take cold shower every day. I am going to <laughs> as soon as the hot water's back. I'm gonna enjoy that because it wasn't on purpose that I started doing these, these cold showers, but you know, I'm taking it with a grain of salt. You know, I'm, I'm finding the good in all of this stuff. So I encourage you to do the same. I will see you guys tomorrow and I hope you have a great 
rest of your day. Deuces.